You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Here we go. Well, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the Path to Purpose community uh, that is here on Facebook, that is watching these broadcasts live. I thank you for my podcast audience that listens to me from all over the globe. I thank you, Father, for the awesome privilege and honor that it is to speak into people's lives. I do not take that honor lightly, and it it is humbling and it is amazing. And I just bless every listener today, Father. I thank you that they are here by divine appointment. And the reason that they are here, Father, is because you want them to be blown away by the good news of the gospel. You want them to know the truth, Holy Spirit, that sets them free. You want them to gnosco with that truth, to experience that truth and be filled with the fullness of the Godhead in, in as an experience, not just a theory, God. Thank you that the illusion of separation from God is just that. It is an illusion. And Holy Spirit, we are so grateful that you are at work here on planet Earth, uh, completely eradicating that illusion from our lives. And so, Father, I just pray today for just a special grace upon me to communicate the gospel clearly in a way that is revolutionary for the, the listeners today, for those that are watching today, Father, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you and the knowledge of who they are in you, of the knowledge of the new creation, of the knowledge of heaven's reality here on planet earth right now <laughs> would just become so, would just explode in their hearts and that it would become so real to them, Father, that it would uh, literally transform them, that it would renew their minds, Father, that it would provide uh, encouragement, that it, that it would provide comfort, that it would provide clarity, Father, that it would dispel confusion, and that Father signs and wonders would follow uh, the gospel today. I thank you that you are a miracle working God and that you are still in the miracle business. So Father, I just release a healing anointing over this broadcast today. I release the, the grace to uh, grace for supernatural mind renewal. Uh, I just release your presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on every single person today. And uh, we just say, take us where we need to go. Let's wrap this up today, Holy Spirit, the way that you want it done. I put you in the driver's seat and I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We have covered a lot of ground in this uh, series, in the Beyond Sin Consciousness series. And, you know, I, I don't know if you had even, you know, heard the really the term sin consciousness before you started listening to this series, or if that was a, a term that you had been familiar with for a long time. I know for me, it, it was, a, it was, I was into my thirties, maybe even late thirties before I started hearing that term sin consciousness. And, you know, here I am 55. So, I mean, you can see it's it, it, the majority of my life. I didn't even really know what that term sin consciousness meant, but you know, it is it is a completely different way of living to grow beyond the awareness of what is wrong what is wrong with you what is you know the things that you are doing wrong what is wrong with the world what is wrong with other people and just sit in this place you know i've talked about it on this series in this place of just this negativity bias where you just are are constantly absorbed with the things that need to be fixed in your life or the things that are, are wrong with your life rather than living out of a place of, of gratitude and thankfulness for what is right. I mean, we're just coming out of Thanksgiving week here. 
year. And, you know, we take that, you know, take that time to be thankful. But honestly, in the kingdom, there is so much more to be, so much to be thankful for every single day. There is so much to be thankful for just in the fact that, that we understand what Jesus has accomplished, that Jesus is, has, has, been victorious over sin, that Jesus is victorious over death and lack and poverty and sickness. I mean, this is really great news. And I say this, when we are conscious of the of the gospel, when we are conscious of the things that Jesus has set right, it it, it causes us to actually stand out like a light in the darkness in a very negative world. And so I really... Uh, I'm almost sad that we're leaving this topic because I feel like it is such an important topic for the body of Christ. We must, we must, we must move beyond sin consciousness and being this, this, this idea that there is something wrong with us. You know, I've said it many, many times that what we focus on manifests. I mean, it's a, a, a scriptural principle, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Meaning that that the, the internal world that we uh, live in actually becomes reflected to the, to the outer world. And as the body of Christ, we are to be a light and we are to have something to be happy about, honestly, regardless of what's going on in the world. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. And so today, as we wrap this up, I wanted to make things really, really practical because if you, like most of us, struggle in your inner world, you struggle with negativity, you struggle with uh, waking up and uh, you know, emotional things like you struggle with anxiety or you struggle with, uh, anger or you struggle with just emotions that aren't, you know, peace and, and joy on a daily basis or you struggle in your thought life, right? You struggle with judgment. You struggle with jealousy. You struggle with guilt. You struggle with condemnation. You just struggle in your inner world. Well, first of all, you know, join the human race. I mean, uh, what is, what is the, the statistic that we each of us have something like 60,000 thoughts or, or more a day, you know, like the, the, the question is how many of those thoughts are really bathed in sin consciousness, bathed in negativity versus bathed in righteousness and bathed in joy and bathed in peace. You know, the apostle Paul said in Philippians that we are to meditate on things that are lovely and true and um, are of good report, meaning so our thought life and our emotional life is a really important part of our human existence. And so today, I really wanted to kind of break it down and hopefully make it a little more practical in how to uh, actually walk in sun consciousness, walk in oneness consciousness, walk in that uh, righteousness consciousness in a place that is, you know, beyond, above, has transcended this negativity. And so I'm kicking it off today with a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.5. And this is a, a very, uh, you know, well-known scripture here. I'm actually going to back up a little bit uh, just to do it in context. So let me just do the whole chapter here. I'm reading it out of the voice translation. I may read it out of a couple of other translations, but I really like the way the voice reads. So I'm going to start there. And I'm just going to start in verse one and read down to verse five. It says, I, Paul, appeal to you in the same gentle and loving spirit of the anointed. Yes, 
I am humble when I'm face to face with you, but audacious to you in these letters when I'm away. I know what they say. If it were up to me, I'd rather not have to be so bold when I'm with you, especially with the kind of forceful confidence I can work up when I confront those who have accused us of walking in a worldly way. And here's where I really want to focus in. It says in verse three, it says, for though we walk in the world, we do not fight according to the world's rules of warfare. The weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God and effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. And so I'm going to stop here for a moment because really what I want to take this into the context of today is in this context of fighting or having the warfare against sin consciousness, against negativity, against this, this uh, tendency to focus on what is wrong, what is wrong with ourselves, what is wrong with other people, what is wrong in the world. I mean, we, are, again, are just inundated with bad news constantly. But I also want to talk about it from the context of, of being at war against separated consciousness. Okay, sin consciousness and separated consciousness are honestly interchangeable because any type of consciousness of sin or something that is wrong is rooted in the master lie, if you want to call it that, or the global lie, if you want to want to refer to it as that, that we somehow are separated from God. Okay, and the truth is that we are in Christ that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And I know I must say that scripture every single podcast. And I, I'm sure, you know, there are some people that go like, oh, Shalise, we hear this. We know this. But the truth is, if you know this and, and you've heard this before, then there should be some fruit in your life that you are like the happiest person that anyone knows. The fruit should be there's so much joy in your life that you that you are not on a roller coaster of emotional turmoil. You're not on a roller coaster of of experiencing the things that people that don't know Jesus are constantly experiencing. So I just keep talking about it because until I see the body of Christ grow into the fullness of the stature of Jesus from a joy level, from a peace level, from a peacemaker, when I start to see that, you know, not as much strife and not as much uh, division in the body of Christ as I see in the world, then maybe I'll stop talking about that. But until then, I'm going to keep preaching it because we, we, we are inundated with the lie of separation from God and truth. Through misery, suffering comes not from what we experience in the world, but what we make it mean. And when you have a lens of oneness with God, you can, and you have a lens that heaven is right now, that heaven is here, this lens that the gospel is truly, I mean, it is the power of salvation, meaning it is the power of wholeness. It is the power to be in a good mood. It is the power to live victoriously in our inner world. And if we can be victorious in our inner world, well, guess what? We can take it. We can take authority over things that are going on in the outer world. So this warfare, what I'm trying to say today is that the warfare against separated consciousness, the warfare against sin consciousness, the warfare against this, this tendency to, to, uh, meditate and focus and, and, and just really, uh, ruminate in what's wrong, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Like there, there is a power that God has placed inside of us that can, can tear down this stronghold of sin consciousness, can tear down this, this lie of separation from God in our lives. And it says that this war we're fighting in, it says that, that we're walking in the world. We don't have to fight the way the world does. And it says that the weapons of this war, okay, 
are not of this world, but they are powered by God. And this and this, they are effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. And what is his truth? That you are one with God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is his truth? That you are a new creation. What is his truth? That you are innocent, that you are blameless, that you are holy, that there is no condemnation for you, that guilt is not your portion, that your, your oneness with God is an effortless, perpetual reality. It is who you you actually are that it's not something that you can earn it's not something that you can mess up it is something that you believe it's something that you wake up to it's something that you recognize is true about you through the death burial resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ it is God's opinion about you it is God's perspective of the world it is God's truth of what reality actually is And yes, the world lies in darkness. Yes, the human race is suffering under a fallen, separated mindset. But we, as the body of Christ, have been set here, uh, sent here, (laughs) and we we are literally God in the flesh. I don't mean independent from God. We are the temple of God. We are the body of God. He's the head. He's the master. But we are united to him in spirit. And because of that, we have... That is the truth that we are to live out of 24-7 because it's perpetually true. And this war against this false identity, this separated identity, this false mindset, this fallen mindset, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to tear down the lie of separation, to help us come out of Uh, our old identity that was crucified with Christ. Now, this identity was programmed into us. It was programmed into us by our life experiences. It was programmed into us by a world system that is steeped in separation from God. You know what? We go to 12, whatever, how many years? 13 years and counting, counting kindergarten. We are in school right? The public school system, private school system. And really, honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know Christian schools that are actually teaching most, most kids their true identity in Christ from a union with God perspective and coming against the separated from God perspective. I mean, most Christian schools are evangelical. Most of them are teaching them that they have a sin nature that, you know, uh, that they're just, it's steeped, it's steeped in religion. And so my point is, is that we have this unrenewed mind. We have, and this unrenewed mind honestly creates a false identity. It creates, you know, some people call it the ego. Some people call it, you know, whatever, all these different names for uh, the old man, you know, it's kind of a Bible word for that. But the point is, is that there's this identity, this self that, that no longer exists. It is absolutely, it only exists in our minds. It only exists in our neural nets. It only exists as programming in our heads. And so when when this scripture talks about warring against that, it's really talking about a couple of different things. It's talking about mind renewal and it's talking about demolishing strongholds, meaning demolishing these programs, demolishing the, the ways that our thoughts and our emotions and our inner world exalt itself. Like inner, it, we have, we have ideas in our heads. We have thoughts in our heads. We have emotions that are being generated from these thoughts and from these programs and from these strongholds that are, that are being fired in our heads on a daily basis. I mean, 
You know, I talk a lot in my podcast about triggers. I talk a lot about how an external stimuli, you walk into a circumstance, meaning you get an unexpected bill or someone sends you a text or my goodness, we just came out of the holidays, right? You're around your family members. And all of a sudden, it's like our inner world goes into, you know, DEFCON 5. (laughs) You know, we either, there's anger that comes up, there's anxiety that comes up, there's all kinds of things that happen are triggered in our inner world, our emotional world, uh, based upon external stimuli. And so it's very easy to live under and inside of an inner world that is governing you that is not the truth. It's not the truth. And what I love about this and why I wanted to talk about it today is because we have help. We have help in our thought life. We have help in our emotional life. We have help from the Holy Spirit and the weapons against the the battle for our identity, the battle for our right mind, the battle to transcend separated thinking and, and, and the programming from this fallen mindset that there is There is power. There's not just power in the gospel, but there is power in the Holy Spirit to help us stay in our right minds and move beyond sin consciousness and live out of our true identity in Christ. So let's keep reading here. It says that obviously, you know, the the weapons of this warfare, I'm just going to go back. The weapons of our war, of the war we're fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God and effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. Verse five, it says, we are demolishing arguments and ideas. Every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. And it says this, and this is, this is why I really picked up the, uh, the voice translation. It says, we are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and subduing them into obedience to the anointed one. I'm going to read that again. Okay, this is the weapons of our warfare. We're tearing down strongholds. And these are powerful weapons. They're powered by God. And what is the power of God doing? The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God in our lives is demolishing arguments, ideas, high and mighty philosophies that pit itself against the knowledge of the one true God. And and it's also the power of God is taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and it's subduing them into the obedience of the anointed one. And what does it mean? It's taking it prisoner into Christ. It's it's taking, it's replacing lie-based thinking with truth. It's replacing separated thinking with the truth. And I'll tell you, there's a really, really powerful prayer that you can pray. And it's just simply to Holy Spirit, expose separation from God in my thinking, expose separation from God in my emotions. Uh, uh, Help me, Holy Spirit, become aware of my thought life and my emotion life. Move me beyond just thinking and, and, and feeling and being in the thinking and in the thinking and being aware of what I'm thinking and aware of my emotions. You know, this is a, a purely human ability, you guys. I mean, we can on, we honestly can not only uh, just feel an emotion, but we can also be aware that we are feeling an emotion. We can think a thought, but we can also be aware of the thoughts that we're thinking. You know, I don't know about you, but 
most people, if I'm just honest, I mean, I don't know that we should go around telling mental health professionals this because we probably would get committed, but there's a lot of voices that most people are dealing with in their heads. How do I know? Because I'm a mind renewal coach. I uh, work with people in an inner healing capacity all the time. I'm constantly praying and ministering with people. And I, I am very intimately aware, obviously in my own even world, in my own mind, of the battle that goes on in people's minds. I, I, I am, I am saddened by the epidemic of anxiety and suicide and depression that is rampant in, in, obviously in the world, but rampant in the body of Christ. I mean, we struggle, uh, to, to, to the same degree and sometimes not even worse, I feel like, than the world uh, because of religious guilt and a whole bunch of other things. And it, it we really need help. We need help with our minds. We need help in elevating our consciousness and knowing how to deal with the negative things that are going on in our minds. You know, so praying that prayer, Holy Spirit, just shine the light, shine the light on my inner world, shine the light on what is going on in my thought life, shine the light and what is going on in my emotional life. Uh, I am asking you for soul prosperity. I am asking you to help me become aware of what I'm thinking, become aware of my feelings and to help me take them captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, most days, and I'm just honest, you know, I'm honest about this, you guys, because you have to remember where I started. Okay. First of all, I'm not even going to go into just all of the trauma that I have lived through. I talk about it pretty openly on my podcast. I talk about it when I, when I minister, but I mean, I have, I've survived a lot of abuse. I've, whether that is from the hands of other people, whether that was just self-abuse. I mean, I have, I have, there's been a lot of trauma in my life. And, you know, by my late 20s, that stuff was catching up with me. Uh, and I was really struggling in my inner world. I had uh, chronic anxiety. I dealt with depression. I was on, you know, antidepressants, on anti-anxiety medication. I was in therapy. I was getting introduced to you know, kind of this, this inner world and what was actually going on. I mean, I even talk about it in my book. I talk about how I had this ma- massive epiphany on my therapist couch. I woke up one day and was like, oh my gosh, I'm living someone else's life. Like who is, what is this? I had this awakening. And I talk about these wake up calls in my book, The Path. But the point is I'm sharing with you where I started because I really had a very messed up inner world. I had a messed up inner life. I had a messed up uh, thought life. My emotions were very, very out of control. And so I, I share that to let you know that I am intimately familiar with the battle that has been raging over my thought life and my mental health, you know, for, you know, my, my entire life. I mean, honestly, when I was, um, when I went to, I went to a Joyce Meyer conference when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I remember the Lord really, it was a story about me surrendering my, my life to God completely. And uh, I talk about this in Emerge. I mean, I've probably talked about this on my, my podcast even, but you know, I was, as I was standing there in that conference, I had a vision, probably one of the first visions I ever had. And I saw two roads and down one side of the road, I could see uh, the future that frankly, the enemy had planned for my life. That if uh, just, it was a life that was going to be spent in mental mental institutions. And I saw it very clearly and it felt very real and very um, 
plausible to me because I was already having thoughts about how I should probably just check myself in somewhere for a for a minute because things were so intense. I mean, and I had demonic oppression. I had a lot of things going on and I didn't have a grid for what to do with it. I mean, I was really tormented. And I, I honestly thought that maybe just spending some time in a mental institution would be like a vacation from my brain. And so I knew that was very real when I saw the vision. And then on the other side, I saw this, it was called the, you know, I, I think of it now as the road to life. And that scripture, today I set before you life and death, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And that road to life, it was like the road to death, the road to life. And down the road to life, I couldn't see anything. I just, just knew it wasn't death or mental illness. And so obviously... I surrendered my life to God and chose life, but I'm sharing these stories because I, this is, this is a, I mean, heck, it's probably one of the reasons why I'm so anointed for, and I'm not saying that bragging. I'm just saying it is, you know, it's something I've had to come by because of my own struggles. And obviously as the healing I've gotten and the, the, the power of God has operated in my life and set me free. Well, obviously God's going to use me to do that for other people. But I'm sharing that because this is a, this is a topic that is, that I'm intimately familiar with. And so I'm sharing this to say that the battle for our peace and the battle for right thinking, okay, is probably one of the most intense battles that we will ever face. And I also want to say why that is, is because your identity, you really getting your identity, you really living out of a place of your union with God, you living out of a place where you know who you are, you know the gospel, I'm telling you, it is very dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. And there is resistance. I think that the, the enemy and the kingdom of darkness lets a lot of things go on in the body of Christ. I don't think there's a whole lot of resistance of us going to church. I don't think there's a whole lot of resistance about, you know, us just going to Bible studies and, you know, just doing religious activities. But I think if you start to operate in the power of God and you start to actually manifest sonship and you start to operate in miracles and signs and wonders and you start to really grab that you have authority over sickness and disease and lack and poverty and that you are you are you are here to expand the kingdom and really strip the things that the enemy is squatting on and namely people and assets that don't belong to him you know then then I think that that's when the the warfare can get kicked up and you know it's easy for me sometimes to forget that I was just straight up delivered I've been delivered I've been deli- I was delivered in my sleep but I mean there were things that were not uh, human. There were things that were not just, you know, there was a, there was a, there was a spiritual aspect to the brokenness in my life. And so I'm sharing that because, you know, sometimes we can deconstruct so much that we deconstruct the devil. And I do enough ministry every single week to remind myself that that is actually true, where that's a physical healing, where that is a emotional healing, like the kingdom of darkness is very real. So with that said, let me talk about how do, how do we actually take our thoughts captive? How do we how do we engage with the power of God to govern our inner world? How do we govern our emotional our emotional life? How do we how do I do it? How do I do it? You know, I talk about this a lot. I say when you wake up in the morning, you don't just need to wake up 
right? You don't just wake up and go about your day. I mean, fine, if you wake up in union with Jesus, if you wake up joyful, drunk in the spirit, you wake up ready to go and, you know, do signs and wonders for the day. And you're just like, whoa, I'm up. You went to sleep in the presence of God, you wake up. I mean, that's, that's the way it should be. But the reality of it is, is that that is not the way most people wake up. Most people... I mean, wake up. I mean, my goodness, most people go to bed exhausted. Most people wake up exhausted. I, I, okay, maybe I'm just living in a Christian world that is, is just negative. I don't know. But this is the way that I, he, that, I, that I hear people talk, right? And so when you wake up in the morning, it's important to wake up. Like we need to wake up. We can't just let our mind go rogue and start off on the 60,000 thoughts that we're going to think for the day. Wake up worried about our bills, worried about our kids, worried about whatever's going on at work, worried about, you know, whatever. You know, just letting our minds just ruminate and just go wild on whatever they want to go on. No, no. Our minds and our bodies are designed to be governed by our spirit. We must, and I'll tell you, because we have a flesh, what, is the, what does Jesus say? That the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I mean, we do have human bodies. We, we do have a mind that isn't necessarily, you know, submitted to the truth, submitted to the spirit of God. And so when you wake up in the morning, it is important. Like we need to take authority. We need to, we need to remember who we are. We need to wake up and we need to wake up to the spirit realm. We need to wake up to the reality that you know what? Everything that we see is not everything that there is, that, that, that there is a spiritual world, that we have spiritual eyes, we have spiritual senses, that we are speaking spirits, that we can not only speak in our native language, but we can speak in the spirit. We can pray in the spirit. We can activate the gifts of the spirit. We can walk in the spirit. And in, that is how we're called to live. We're called to abide in the vine. We're called to abide in our true identity in Christ. And I can tell you, when I was first getting hold of the gospel, I, and not only just first, I mean, heck, I, I brought out my little, my little book here, uh, my little notebook that I have here in my, my office, uh, because many, many times I'm opening up my little book because I have declarations that I will get out and I will speak to myself. You know, the one thing that I teach a lot is that the body and, and the mind, frankly, all of creation is speech activated. You know, Jesus taught so much about this. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, uh, your words will, by your words, you'll be justified by your words, you'll be condemned. In James, it talks about that uh, if, if you, if, if you don't offend in speech, that you are a perfect man and you are able to control your entire body. Uh, there are death and life or in the power of the tongue. Like that is an incredible truth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know what? Death and life is not in the power of the devil. Death and life is not in, this is such a ridiculous scripture. In Revelation chapter one, it says Jesus is, you know, he died. He is alive now, alive forevermore. And he holds the keys to death and hell. Like there are, there are the gates of death, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Like we have so much authority. And if we are not 
exercising our authority and governing our inner world, we will not exercise our authority and governing our outer world. And I want to tell you this, the Holy Spirit gets so engaged with this. This is not, I mean, you may start out like, I don't know. I mean, there's days, I mean, I wake up, whatever. And I mean, I don't feel like praying in tongues. I don't feel like speaking the word over myself. I just feel like going back to sleep and, you know, putting the alarm on, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say in my, in and of myself, I don't know that I'm like a super disciplined person. I mean, I have spiritual parents, spiritual dad, who was a military guy. I mean, you know, hut two, very disciplined up at the crack of dawn, doing his, praying in tongues for an hour, you know, like in and of myself, I, I really require the grace of the Holy Spirit. I really need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. But here's what I want to say, that I have done this enough to know, like I know consciously, like it doesn't really matter how I feel. It doesn't matter necessarily where my brain starts out in the morning. I know that if I don't get my thought life and my emotional life in alignment with the truth in the morning, then I'm going to struggle throughout the day. And there are times that I literally just... Either, either I have to get up early because my schedule, you know, doesn't permit it, or I clear my schedule because I am only as fruitful as my consciousness of my oneness with Jesus. I am only as effective as my ability to hear God and do what God is saying. I have, I have, I'm a student of how Jesus lived. I'm a student of Jesus's miracles. And he said of my own self, I can do nothing. And I think that I have just been humbled enough in my life through my own striving and my own self-effort to actually recognize that I actually need the power of God in my life to just live and just to be, be honestly, sometimes a nice person. Like I actually need the power of God. And so waking up in the morning to the reality of who we are in Christ and beginning to take our thoughts captive before our, you know, either before I hit, hit, the, hit the floor or the first thing when I hit, hit, hit the floor or while we're in the shower or while we're getting ready or while we're driving to work. We, we need to actually have a morning routine where we are putting on Christ. And I, again, I'm not trying to be religious about this. It's not like, oh, pray and, you know, clock in and do your prayer time, clock in and do your thing. No, I'm talking about a way of being. I'm talking about waking up to who you are until you don't, until it's such a ingrained part of you that Maybe you don't have to do it every single day, or maybe you don't have to, you know, struggle through it on on a regular basis. But again, if you go through a trial, you go through a tribulation, there's a contradiction that comes. Maybe you get a doctor's report, you know, there's a financial crisis that happens. Well, you have a, a storehouse of overcoming the flesh, overcoming, when I say the flesh, I just mean the lethargy, the the human part of us that just just seems to like sometimes sway into we're just natural beings. We're just a victim of all of this stuff in the world. We're you know we just just sway back over to this. You know, Paul said he buffeted his body. You know, I mean, it's not that we're we're ugly to ourselves. No, we just don't allow lies. We don't allow our thoughts to, to just to, to feed us lies. We, 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 we observe, like, is this true? Uh, like, I have a feeling here. Like, what's going on with this feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And what's the truth about this feeling? 
And one of the quickest ways, I mean, I have a lot of ways. I have, a, in fact, an Emerge, man, we taught, we do a lot of inner healing work there. In the graduate program for Emerge, I have tons of things that I teach my students on how to govern their physical bodies, how to govern their thought life. And there's lots of, of Holy Spirit-led, Christ-centered tools that I have to help people shift their mindset quickly, shift out of uh, separated thinking quickly. But I wanted to share today just some, you know, and I talk about this a lot, you guys, but just the power of speaking the truth over yourself. You know, if you don't know the truth about yourself, then how can you take your thoughts captive to the truth about yourself? You know, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance scriptures. I mean, I have been a student of the word. I have been, and again, I'm not saying this to brag. It has been out of necessity. Like I have memorized scripture because I needed to renew my mind. I needed, I had recurring thoughts that I needed to, to, to take captive. I, those needed to be prison. They needed to be taken prisoner to Jesus. You know, I mean, whether it was, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind that I spoke day in and day out and day in and day out to combat anxiety, to combat depression, right? Whether it is, and it's not just these, I want to say this, it's not like a parrot, it's not like you're, we're a parrot doing these things. Like you can, I mean, the Pharisees knew the scriptures. So it's not just this, the, the, a parroting of the scripture. It's a revelation of the scripture. And that's where the Holy Spirit gets involved in this, you know, but I brought this out because, you know, I woke up yesterday day. I had a week off. Okay. I loved my week off. We had a beautiful trip, uh, Drove across the country with the family, had wonderful time with, you know, friends that we consider family for Thanksgiving, beautiful South Carolina, came back through Nashville. We had a wonderful trip, but it, you know, I ate a ton of food, you know, like we do at Thanksgiving and just was in the car for days, you know? And so when I got up yesterday morning, I just was like, okay, whoa, I got to, oh, I got to get back. I got to get back, you know, to reality. I got to get back to, you know, my life as a world changer, which is you, you're a world changer. And so guess what I did? I got out my little handy book and I started reading my true identity in Christ scriptures, right? I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I am dead and alive at the same time. I am dead to the old me. I was trying to be and alive to the real me, which is Christ in me, co-crucified, co-alive. What a glorious entanglement. I was in him in his death and now he is infused in me in my life. I'm just going to keep reading here for a few minutes. God chose me to be his very own, joining me to him ever before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love for me, he ordained me so that I would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. I'm going to keep going. It was always in his perfect plan to adopt me as his delightful child through our union with Jesus. Okay, keep going. Through my union with Christ, I've been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Okay, I just read Galatians 2.20, Ephesians 1.4, Ephesians 1.5, Ephesians 1.11. All of these scriptures are coming, you know, I just have this, and this has been on the Path to Purpose group. If you want a copy of this, I'm sure we'll post it. I'll have the team post it again because I feel like no matter how many times I post it, people are like, where is that? Anyway, we'll post it again on the blog. We'll post it. But here's the thing. I'm going to say a couple things about this. I have, these scriptures are not unfamiliar to me. Okay. I, there's 248 times in the New Testament that union with God through in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, that that language is used. But I am, I'm just going to say this. I sometimes get so frustrated with the body of Christ because it seems like I mean, how many of you listen to people or have heard people that it's like all they talk about is Old Testament scriptures? Uh, 
it's like all they know or, and again, God bless the Old Testament. I'm not saying, I love the Psalms. I, I even, you know, suggested in Elevate last month that people go through the Psalms. Like I'm not trying to criticize those things. But what I am saying is that a far too many of us have not spent enough time in the epistles and in the in Christ, through Christ, by Christ scriptures, that they have become your scriptures, that you have a lens of oneness with God, that, that, and a, a Christocentric, Jesus-centric, gospel-centric lens that you read scripture through. And so just taking these scriptures, I mean, these, not a single one of these scriptures is, is foreign to me. Most of them I can, I can quote. And again, I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying it has been a necessity. Like I have needed the gospel. I've needed the gospel to rule my mind, to rule my body. And when you get these scriptures in you, when you meditate them, when you speak them aloud, when you, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit kicks in. Why? Because he's the spirit of truth. She's the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth's job is to lead and guide us into the truth so that we will know the truth and we will be set free free from separation, free from sin consciousness, free from sickness, disease, lack, poverty, that the gospel will be a part of us, that it will get assimilated into us and that we will renew our minds and we will know it will, it will, it will be right there when it's time to take a thought prisoner. And we won't just let our thoughts go rogue. Yes, we, we will, we are, I'm not saying repress your emotions. I'm not saying suppress your emotions. I'm saying put the light on your emotions, put the light on your thoughts and bring them into the light and let the light of the gospel tell you the truth about how you feel and what you're thinking and replace it with the truth. I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, I'm still working on this course. You guys pray for me. I'm, I'm doing a course called Rich is God because I am, I'm, 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 I feel so connected to the, the lack in the body of Christ and the poverty consciousness and the poverty mindset in the body of Christ. And so I'm working on a course, I'm working on a book that I'm going to, I'm going to release. It's called Rich is God. But I want to tell you, like this revelation that I've been sitting with about union-based, a union-based money mindset, a union-based relationship with money. I mean, this is something that I have been working with on God since, I mean, forever, I guess, but really, really since 2007, when I kind of came out of uh, just, I guess, being, uh, it's when I started my own ministry, when I launched into my own ministry and God started really talking to me about how union with God not only changed who I am, but changed uh, what I own and and how I relate to everything, including money. Now, why am I sharing this? Because union with God's scriptures, when you have the foundation of your union with God, well, let me tell you what, it starts to permeate into every aspect of your life. It starts to permeate into a way that you do everything. And because I had a foundation of these scriptures and I understood the gospel and I'd spent time in these things, God could begin to unionize money for me. He could begin to unionize, uh, you know, the, the, the why lack is, is absolutely illegal for you. In the same way, he can unionize health for you and, you know, that sickness is completely illegal for you. Now, there's a lot of natural things you can do in your finances. There's a lot, a lot of natural things you can do in your health. I mean, you can take natural approaches to dealing with disease. You can take natural approaches to dealing with financial issues, but there are supernatural ways to deal with those things. And what I want to say is that 
so many of our thoughts, you know, are, are coming at us because of problems in our lives. And when you have a union-based arsenal <laughs> of scriptures, your revelation about the various things that are going on in your life can also be taken captive so much quicker. I hope that I'm making sense. I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place today, but it, this, I'm just passionate. I'm passionate about this topic, but, and I do have to wrap, but my point in all of this is that we need to take an initiative. We need to take an initiative to begin to govern our thought life and begin to not just wake up in the morning and go about your day as a mere human being where you are under the assault of your own mind and under the assault of your own, like we're a victim to our thought life or a victim to our emotional life rather than having victory over our inner world. Because if you if we really want to, to change the world, if we really want to make a difference in the world, then it's going to require that we first conquer <laughs> the land, the, the promised land, the inner landscape of our own heart, of our own mind. And the good news is, is that the Holy Spirit is absolutely engaged in this with us. I think that there is no greater project that, that the Holy Spirit is, I mean, you know, he's obviously about the miracle business. He's obviously drawing people to Jesus. But I will tell you, mind renewal and, and growing us up into the fullness of the stature of Jesus and eradicating the illusion from separation in our lives and moving us out of guilt and shame and uh, depression and anxiety and into the fullness of what Jesus has purchased for us is a huge part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's a huge part of the ministry of the Spirit of Truth. And beloved, we have access to the Holy Spirit. We have access to joy that is unspeakable. We have access. We have a place in the Spirit that that is our place that transcends our thought life. It transcends our emotional life. But we we have to develop that relationship with the Lord, that intimacy with God, and have our own way of connecting with the power of God so that we can live victoriously. And, and again, for me, I mean, it is, it, you know, many it may get up and mean reading scriptures. It may mean get up praying in tongues. It may mean just worshiping God. It may, it, it may depend on what's going on in my life and what's going on in my mind. But here's what I know that we, I'm diligent. I'm diligent about, about managing my thought life because I, I have to show up. I, I, I don't want to just vomit garbage all over my family, you know, all over people. No, I mean, I, and, and any, I don't know, maybe, maybe not everybody has to, to do the things that I do to keep myself in my right mind. Maybe other people, you know, maybe they're more spiritual than me. Maybe they're more holy than me. I don't know, but I just know maybe I'm not for them. I, you know, maybe I'm for the people that are like me. <laughs> so I want to say this to you today to encourage you that there is a, there is a battle for your thought life. There is a battle for your emotional life, but we have the victory. We can have the victory every single day, every single hour, every single minute, because guess what? The Holy Spirit is always with us, always on, never sleeping, never slumbering. And we can get to the place where we, you know, where, where we are really guarding our heart. The Holy Spirit is helping us guard our heart, guard our thoughts, and that we are not just a victim. We're not just allowing our minds to rule a roost 
and to take us down the direction of, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, where we're going, you know, we're just, we're going in the downward negative spiral rather than getting happier and full of joy and loving life and seeing things through the lens of separate, I mean, the lens of union with Jesus. So God bless you guys. I have loved doing this, this series. Um, next week will be on the word of the month for December. And then we've got a new series coming up, which I'm still praying into about what that's going to be. But I will see you soon. In the meantime, I love you and take, you know, the things that we talked about in this series. And I tell people, listen to it more than once. Let the Holy Spirit really unpack it for you. And as always, you guys, uh, a couple of other things I guess I would say is, man, if you have not done a, a call with us and, uh, you know, consider jumping into a merge, uh, I'm telling you, this is the this is an amazing time of year to actually jump into emerge. Starting that new year with a commitment to 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 stepping into your purpose, emerging into the fullness of your union with Jesus, answering you know what we we talk about in emerge is the five big questions of life: Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? How do I get there? Like I really can't tell you, I, I can't speak enough about the transformation and the transfiguration that is happening in our school. Uh, we have so many testimonies. I mean, we, we're seeing so many miraculous things. I, 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 there's some testimonies that I want to share. I, I want to let things unfold a little bit more uh, that are going on with some of our students. But we've seen so many miraculous healings. We've seen God do so many powerful things uh, in people's lives. So please, if you have not done that, I'll have my team post the, the link here so that you can schedule a call uh, with our coaches and talk through that. We will pray with you. We will prophesy over you. It is such a great use of your time, regardless of you, even if you end up enrolling in a merge or not. But I'm really believing God um, uh, for big things, even uh, for this tribe and for my emergers coming into the new year. We're really going to be pushing that in the month of December. I feel like I've been a little um, lax in making sure that everybody that, uh, that, that, is supposed to be in the school knows about it. So consider that too. Um, that's my five minute little commercial here about Emerge, but uh, do a breakthrough call with us. Consider doing Emerge. I, I I tell you, your life will be unrecognizable by graduation. That is a, really, it is a guarantee. I mean, it happens for every single one of our graduates. And uh, it's the best investment that you will ever, ever make in your relationship with God in your life uh, and really get off the world system and onto the kingdom. So I love you guys and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.